there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. A lucky majority of people get to wonder what things their cat sees when they stare into a dark corner, while the rest of us know all too well what they're looking at. Ghosts and demons and shadow people, they all come to mind. But there are others, far older and far worse. And they, they like being seen. Our old cat, he was a mess. Whatever life he'd had before ending up at the shelter was clearly a hard one. One ear was missing completely and the other had been shredded down to a jagged-looking stump. What teeth he had left were crooked and yellow, and his fur, although surprisingly soft, was speckled with scars in all sorts of shapes, sizes, and colors. We were told he'd been there the longest, and it was easy enough to guess why. Even with a wall of glass separating us and the tabby cat that paced on the other side. The caretaker kept a safe distance as she explained how he was happiest when he got to make good use of his one remaining canine, or when his claws were buried deep into something or someone. Even though I knew it wouldn't work to sway the decision, I appreciated the caretaker's honesty. I did not want a cat, especially that cat. But my partner... June. She did. And I wanted June. And June loves grumpy, broken things. Her being with me was proof enough of that. So, to the cat's dismay, we ended his year-long reign of terror by taking him home. The cardboard box that poor woman wrestled him into barely lasted the drive at the parking lot. And by the time we got home, both June and I were bloody. Scraggly, jagged things, him and I were. But June loved us anyway. She named him Monster. And I thought it was a silly name. But I couldn't argue that it seemed fitting. And I couldn't think of any better suggestions. Or, more likely, I didn't bother to try. I didn't want another scary thing. I would have given anything to live in a house where I could be the only one home and actually be alone. To not have something reaching their long fingers out from the corners. Impatient to have my utmost and terrified attention. But now here I was. Picking which corner of our small house I'd mind having smell like a litter box the least all for this more creature than cat, who I was absolutely sure wouldn't bother to wait for us to die or even be all that hungry 
before eating our faces. For the first three days, we didn't see him. But just as June was starting to worry, and I was starting to hope, I found him. He was sitting on my side of our unmade bed, his stump of an ear twitching like mad as he stared into the same corner I'd been haunted by until sunrise, while June snored softly beside me. Monster could see them too, but they kept their fingers and tongues and teeth to themselves. They didn't reach for him like they did me. They didn't like when he watched them. And I don't think he liked that he couldn't do much more than chase them deeper into their dark spaces. Soon, there were no more dark spaces and much less room in our bed as Monster claimed a large portion of it to sprawl out on. Time passed and we became a bit less broken, a bit less jagged, he and I, as life started to seem a little less like something we just had to survive. Over the years, there was the rare occurrence of a purr or a glimpse of biscuits being made in the sun, and we would warn him that he was dangerously close to needing a new name but he would quickly find a way to reclaim it. And we loved him anyway. Plus, it was one of those names that the staff at the vet always got a kick out of. We'd been there a lot. And any bit of good humor is welcome when you're just waiting for more bad news. I already knew our time with him was coming to an end. As soon as I started seeing them in the corners again, I knew they wanted back in and there was more of them now there was time to make up for and they were eager to start but when they reached out from the corners it wasn't for me they wanted him my monster wasn't so jagged anymore and he was too tired to scare them away it was late that night and I had told June to go get some sleep just as I felt the first of their fingers part the hair down my neck. I pulled Monster into my lap and curled around him as they came out. It wouldn't be enough. I knew that. But I had to try. He took his last breath against my chest and I thought death had ended his reign of terror for good but I should have known better. That cat shoved his last breath back up his throat in a low, rumbling yowl. And just as that terrifying sound ended, I heard him run and hiss and tear and bite. Wherever these things truly were, he was there too now. And with his old, broken body left behind, he was free to do much more than chase them away. They haven't been back since that night, but I'm still never alone. In every corner, there is my monster, making good use of his teeth and burying his claws as he haunts his house. Hello. 
Hello everyone. In between stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For February, we decided to highlight Renew as a Crew. This one is a little different, but no less important, as this fan-led volunteer group is leading a massive coordinated effort to reverse the unexpected cancellation of the critically acclaimed show, Our Flag Means Death. Stories matter, and this series' unapologetic exploration of identity through its queer storyline and ethnic diversity has made countless people feel seen, heard, and understood. To find out how you can support this movement working to prove that diverse stories are both wanted and needed in mainstream media, you can learn more at renewasacrew.com or through the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. I saw something when I was a kid. It was in my vacation home my parents built when I was very little that was next to a beach. They did a really smart thing on the roof. It was a direct tiles roof, and each room, one of the tiles was made of glass, so we had natural sunlight during the day and moonlight at night. I slept there for years. The family used to go there for most of the holidays. The room at night was really pleasant to sleep in. The moonlight coming from the glass tile was really nice. I was sleeping in the same room with my aunt and my sister. There were two beds and a mattress on the ground. My sister was sleeping on the mattress. The door was closed, the windows were closed, and there was only light from the glass tile. I don't remember how it started, but in some moment I looked to the door and saw something standing by the mattress. Some shadow with a little weird weak glow. I watched it get down, like it was crouching, very slowly, for about five seconds. Then I quickly pulled my blanket over me and laid there, quiet, awake, eyes open, just under the blanket. After a few minutes, I heard a breath very close to my face, with only the blanket between me and the breath. Then I heard a very long and strong breath, like when you drink something very, very cold, like you do a... After that, all went silent. I could not sleep for a while and pulled my blanket down to see the room, and it was pitch black, no light from the glass tile. It was very dark, and I remember looking at the wall and seeing something spinning in the wall. It was dark, but I could see the spinning. I pulled my blanket up again and only remember waking up in the morning and telling my sister and aunt what happened and them making fun of me. I never spoke about it again, and I have no idea what the hell the spinning thing was. There are two other incidents that happened with other people at the house. When I was a teenager, a friend of mine was laying down in the front of the house on a bench, 
and out of nowhere, stood up, looked behind them like they were searching for someone. He was really scared, saying someone just whispered in its ear something like, leave here. The other one happened in my 20s. A cousin was taking a shower in the bathroom, and the rest of us were in the main room eating and watching TV. Then my cousin just opened the door and ran out only in a towel with soap and shampoo in his hair, saying he heard something out of the bathroom window, and then the window closed on itself. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anodyne Vaughn and Cameron Helquaik. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gate.